Good morning and welcome this morning. My name is Josh. I am one of the pastors here at Community. Uh, I am actually uh, now what you would call the campus pastor because as you saw, I know the guy up there had a mustache. <laughs> I don't. I was sick of it. Don't worry. Um, uh, but uh, I am the campus pastor, which means that I am in charge of and have been blessed with the opportunity to uh, plant a campus, plant a new church in God's kingdom. Um, and I, I just want to extend to you uh, one other reminder that I would love to see you um, next week, December 10 at 10 a.m. in the music room. Um, it's an opportunity for me to share the heart that, that God has placed within me and within my team, uh, the core team, and an opportunity for you to ask questions and hopefully to grab onto what God is doing through you and through us in, this, in all of this. So I extend that invitation to you, uh, or if you can't make it next week, just come talk to me. I'd love to talk about it with you. So. With that, uh, we move into our first uh, week of Advent. It's hard to believe that Advent's already here, that we're coming quickly upon the Christmas season, but it's here, and it's a wonderful, joyous time of the year, and it's an opportunity for us to kind of slow down and remember and rethink what is this season all about? What are we actually celebrating when we talk about Advent? And this year, we have decided to, throughout Advent, walk through the four songs that are recorded for us in the Gospel according to Luke. Four songs of praise from people who interacted in this time and who were directly impacted by God's movement in the time of Advent. Today, we're starting with perhaps one of the most famous songs uh, found in all of Scripture, um, and that's Mary's song, or the Magnificat. And through it, my hope is that we see what God is trying to do in his movement of bringing the Son to earth, what God has been trying to do from the very beginning of time. And it, it's all about worthiness. So, thinking about this, I might have told this story to you before, and if I have, I'm sorry, but um, it's one that I think fits so well with what we're trying to get to. I remember one class uh, in, in, at uh, university, uh, it was a math class, and I had studied and put work in and uh, did all the things I could all year long, and I had a decent grade, but going to the final, I wasn't quite sure and had a lot of questions and wasn't quite sure on the, the information yet, the material yet. And so the final exam comes. The teacher, the professor hands out the final exam. I start it, and I get about halfway through, and I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. Either I had just everything just poof out of my brain or I never really learned it. Uh, I, I must have missed that day or something. And so I, I sat for a long time just staring at the paper like, please just come to me. And it never did. And so I said, okay, let's move on and we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this question. So I moved on and got a few more questions done. And then I got to another question and I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> here's another one. I have no idea what it's asking me to do. By the time the exam was finished, I went back and realized I had two, three questions that I had completely left blank because I had no idea where to even start. 
And I'd racked my brain and I racked my brain and I racked my brain trying to figure out, I, I know this, it's somewhere in there, but no matter what I did, I couldn't figure it out. And so eventually I resigned myself to failure, closed up the packet, brought it up and turned it in and walked out the door with my tail between my legs, going, well, so much for a good grade in that class. A few weeks later, we get our grades turned back in and I noticed that the grade for that exam was an A. And I'm like, she must have gotten the wrong one. She must have just mixed me up with someone else. So I literally, being a good person, I messaged her. I, I sent her an email and I said, hey, professor, I noticed uh, that my grade for that final exam was, was an A. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that that was correct because I know I left a couple of questions completely blank in that exam. And I sent it off. Not, not long after, a reply came through, and it was from the professor, and she said, no, that's the grade you deserve. Of course, I'm like, well, I'm not going to respond to that. I guess it's the grade reserve, and, and I <laughs> just left it at that. But it, it kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, it's, that's not the grade I deserve. I left a couple of questions blank. But for her, she saw something different. I don't know what she saw in me. I don't know what it was, but she saw something different and she said that was the grade you deserved. It was a question of worthiness. I knew by my own strength I was unworthy of anything at that point. And yet the professor saw something different and based my worthiness on something completely different. And today, through Mary's experience and through Mary's song, my hope is that we see that God looks at us in the exact same way. So, this morning we have the opportunity to hear the words of Mary's song, not from me, but from Jen. So, hear these words from the book that we love. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Now why, why would we have Jen do that? And thank you to Jen for being willing to do that. But we thought as it's Mary's song, to hear it in a more feminine voice, in a voice that would fit more closely to Mary's own voice um, would be more appropriate, which is why we had uh, Jen read it for us. So again, thank you, Jen, for being willing to do that. So Mary's song, a song of praise that comes shortly after her own experience with God. 
If we back up a little bit, Mary is visited by an angel. Mary, a young teenager who lives in Nazareth, the middle of nowhere, a very poor and rundown backwater town. Mary, who's pledged to be married, very pledged to be married, she's engaged, she's not actually married, is visited by an angel who tells her that she has been chosen by God herself, that she will bear a son, the son of God, the counselor, the, the, the king of kings. She will be the one to carry this child. And Mary, a person of great character, proven in her interaction with this angel of not being like, yeah, you're insane. She goes, well, how, I, first of all, how can this be? But let it be done. Let it be done. But after the angel leaves, uh, she gets up and leaves and heads to uh, Elizabeth's house, her, her relative himself, herself. And she heads to Elizabeth's house because she was told by the angel that Elizabeth is also pregnant through miraculous means. That Elizabeth, a woman who has been barren for most of her life, is now with child herself and is six months along. So Mary gets up and heads to Elizabeth. I don't know if it's out of a sense of fear of like, oh my gosh, what is happening? I need to ask her some questions. A sense of excitement that they get to share in this uh, joy of God's working through them together. Whatever it is, Mary goes after Elizabeth to be with her, to share in this joy, in this excitement, in this questioning, in this fear with her. And as soon as uh, Mary enters into Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And the baby inside Elizabeth leaps for joy. And Elizabeth speaks praise and blessing over Mary. She said, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. So Mary has just had an interaction with an angel, has had time on the road as she goes to visit Elizabeth to try to comprehend all of this, what is going on. And now as she enters into Elizabeth's house, she's showered with more blessings and more astounding claims placed upon her. And Mary's response is not a, like, no, 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 no. Mary's response is this song a song of praise, a song glorifying who God is, a song that glorifies the character of who God is. A God who chooses the lowly over the powerful, a God who chooses the poor over the rich, a God who chooses the humble over the prideful, a God who chooses the weak over the powerful. A God who chooses those who know they are in desperate need of rescue. A God who knows his people. A God who chooses differently. 
And Mary's song is a declaration that kind of echoes throughout all of the rest of the Gospel of Luke. It's the beginning declaration of what God is doing by choosing Mary. A declaration that God's kingdom is not coming through the avenues of power, but God's kingdom is coming in his own way. By choosing Mary, a woman with no power, no status, no authority from Nazareth, a town that is just forgotten, what God is saying is I am not coming through the power structures of Herod or anyone else. I am coming in my own way. The kingdom of God does not base itself on what you believe you are worthy by. The kingdom of God bases its worth on one thing and one thing alone, me. The kingdom of God has a different upside down, really, it's really a right side up way of thinking who is worthy and who is not. This echoes, Mary's song echoes what Jesus would later teach in the Beatitudes. Because God's kingdom is one where the people who are poor in spirit are blessed. Those who are meek, those who are humble, those who are hungry, those who are persecuted, those are the ones that receive blessing. Those are the ones who will receive the kingdom of God. Why? Because they're not caught up in trying to make themselves worthy, in trying to prove themselves worthy through their own, their own accomplishments, their own power, their own authority, their own actions. They're not trying to prove themselves. Those who are poor in spirit, those who are hungry, those who are persecuted, those who constantly look after the Lord know that their worth is found in one thing and one thing alone, and that is him. That is God. That is the kingdom of God. And so he is the one in which we base our entire worth on. It is the, the story of Mary's song. She sits here and she recognizes, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Because he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He knows me even though I am just a humble person, even though I am nobody. He knows me and he is my savior. He has deemed me worthy and therefore I will believe in him now and forevermore. Because he has proven himself. Because his kingdom coming is one where the power structures of our day, where the constant pursuit after worthiness is not based on me. It is based solely on him. And so, Mary's declaration is the track in which the rest of the gospel account, according to Luke, really follows. Luke is desperately trying to get people to see that it's not about you. It's not about what you bring to the table. It's about what he has done. 
It's not about what you have done in the past or what you haven't done in the past. It's not about what you have done in the future or will do in the future, but it's about what he has done. The kingdom of God is about him. It's about him. It's about the Messiah who chose to take on flesh, be born of a young girl in the middle of nowhere, in fact, be born into a trough meant for food and water for an animal. It's about a God who decided to come down and prove our worthiness by dying to himself. This is the kingdom of God. This is the good news of Advent that we get to look forward to. The good news of a God sending his own son to say, you are worthy because of me. It's what this meal in which we get to participate in just a short little while represents. It's what this meal in which everyone is invited to There is nothing that you bring to the table that truly matters because what brings us to the table is him. There's nothing you can add to this meal. There's nothing you can add or take away from the body and the blood of Christ because it alone is what makes us worthy. It alone is what invites us into the table, invites us into a relationship with him. This is what scripture talks about when it says that Jesus is up in heaven as our intercessor. He is the one that stands before God as our judgment. He is the reason we are worthy of God's spirit indwelling in us. Which gives us hope. It gives us hope that no matter what I do, no matter where I go, no matter how I go, I am worthy of the love of God. But then it also challenges us. It also challenges us to love in the same way, but to want more of that love. Imagine if the next semester after that final exam, I had that same professor. Do you think I would want to work harder or less hard for that professor? Well, because of her generosity, because of her love, because of her declaration that I am worthy, not based on my skill, but just because of who I am. I would want to love her back. I would want to do whatever I can to serve her because she knows there's something different about me, because she knows me. Friends, God deems you worthy not based on your accomplishments, not based on what you are able to achieve, not based on your wealth, not based on uh, how popular popular you are, not based on your uh, physical abilities. God deems you worthy on his character and on Jesus Christ alone. That should cause us to want to praise him and love him all the more. It should drive us to be like Mary, 
rejoicing when God calls us into a, 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 an act of faith that even doesn't make sense or, or doesn't seem as though it will work out great. She's like a teenager pledged to be married who's now pregnant. That's complicated. That's going to cause a lot of conflict. That's going to cause a lot of backlash. And yet she can stand here and say, my soul glorifies the Lord. Because he has chosen me, because he sees me, because he knows how desperately I want him, and he's chosen me not based on my state, but because of who he is. Because he is the mighty one who has done great things. Because his mercy extends to those who fear him. Because he scatters the proud brings down the rulers, sends the rich away. But lifts up the humble, fills the hungry, and helps those who fear him. If we are to celebrate this Advent season, then we must be honest with ourselves and say, how often do I try to define my own worth on my own actions? Instead of completely and totally relying on the worth of Christ offered to me in his blood and body. How often do I find myself as one who is proud instead of humble? who tries to take over the authority of God and say who I am instead of accepting who I am in light of God's grace and mercy. And how great it is that we have the opportunity to stand here today, to sit here today, and to praise a God who invites us into relationship with him by his own body and by his own blood so that we can be deemed worthy, so that we are deemed worthy, so that we are uh, able to proclaim with full confidence how wonderful the glory of the Lord is, that the Savior has been mindful of who we are, that the Savior loves us, We are worthy because he is worthy and he has given himself to us. This is Mary's song and this is our song for this season. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this hope the hope that Advent brings to us of a Savior come, the hope that it brings that we are worthy, not based on our own strength, not based on our own goodness, not based on our own righteousness, but because of our Savior, that we have inherited a righteousness through the blood and the body of Christ. And so, Lord, as we sing and as we partake of this feast, 
as we partake of that very body and blood of Christ. May it encourage us to glorify the Lord in all that we do because you have chosen us. May it give us full confidence that we are yours. And because of that, we are worthy. We are valuable. We are seen by you. All of this is possible and done only through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.